Well, go ahead and grab your Bibles. We'll be in 2 Corinthians 5 tonight and Isaiah 53. So you can kind of open up to both of those places. 2 Corinthians 5 and Isaiah 53. And if you have your cool booklets, you can open on up to Monday night to follow along in the notes. Monday, Monday, Monday. Second Corinthians 5 and Isaiah 53. Hmm. Well, I am curious to hear um, from some of, some of you that, uh, this little prompt. If someone were to come up to you and say, hey, I've got good news for you. What's the message that just immediately comes to mind that they would communicate to you after starting off with that? Lottery, I heard. You won the lottery. Oh my goodness. Good news. Good news. What else? It depends if it's a stranger or a family member. If it's a family member or someone I know, that's something random. But if it's a stranger, some sort of like Jesus related religion. Okay. That's the good news. If it was a family member, what would it be? Your package came in the mail. Your package came in the mail. Amazon delivery today. Yeah. What else? No good news? What in the world? Yeah. Healing, getting better from sickness. Absolutely. Recovery from illness. That person that you know or love is out of the hospital. They don't have to go to chemo anymore. Oh my goodness. Yes. Good news. Others. Feeling present in the moment, no longer distracted, no longer taken away in your mind or in your heart. Absolutely. Good news. You won a rock, paper, scissors competition. You got a free milkshake card. Yeah. Good news. Good news. Your pizza's here. <laughs> Ding dong. Your pizza's here. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Let me turn it on you. If someone came to you and said, hey, I've got some bad news, what comes to mind then? Homeless? No, illness. Illness. Someone's, someone is ill. Absolutely. What else? Your house burned down. Your house burned down. Bad news. Bad news. You lost the rock, paper, scissors tournament. Oh, no. Hey, one sec, one sec. We're listening well. Someone you loved died. Death. Bad news. Bad news. Your, your AC in the short bus broke on the midst of that long drive. Bad news. Bad news. Hey, your extended car warranty, just the phone calls itself. Oh, please stop calling me. Bad news. So can we agree that we've already just touched on a range of degree of good and bad? So losing a rock, paper, scissors tournament, that's a different kind of bad compared to finding out that someone you love and care about has died. 
winning a rock, paper, scissors tournament and getting a gift card different than the healing of someone you love. There's a degree difference. However, it would be measured, whatever unit of goodness or badness, there's a degree difference. Yes, do we acknowledge that? Okay, gentlemen, I'm glad you're shaking on it. We'll, we'll be done now. Thank you. There's a degree difference. There's, so that means there's better good news than some and there's worse bad news than some. So consider this. Consider that what we're gonna be talking about this week is the best good news that could ever be. Consider that something could be the best good news. Just even if that's the case, wouldn't you wanna know? Wouldn't you want to have someone share that good news with you? But then think about this, even with some of the things that we shared, some good newses, newsies, what's the plural? Newsi? <laughs> oh, just news. Some good news is made better because it meets a bad news situation. So the good news of that loved one of yours getting healed and recovering from their health is a better good news because of the bad place that they were in before. Maybe you thought because of their condition or because of their illness that death was very near. But the fact that healing has come in the midst of a near death situation, that's made a better news. Or if you're unsure about your rent being paid and tomorrow's the due date, you need to have the money tomorrow and the money comes in. Where there was a debt, where there was a need, it's been met, it's been satisfied. That makes the good news better because of the bad news situation. So I've, also, I've already asked you to consider that there is a best good news and now just connect that to because there is a worse, the worst bad news. And it is that when each one of us were born, when we started our lives, we were separated and not able to fully be in relationship with our God our creator. Whether or not that sounds to you like the worst bad news, consider for a moment that it is our separation from God. If that is truly the worst bad news and if the best good news that we're about to hear answers, solves, restores, and heals, just completely overrides that worst bad news, then check it out. If this is truly the best good news, it will give you then the stability to be able to stand in the midst of any bad news that comes your way. If it's overtaking the worst bad news, 
then what can it not overtake? What can it not overcome? What does its best good newsness not interject itself into? This is not to say that our lives are not filled with bad news and hard things. AC units break. We get sick. Knee injuries happen that end mobility and athletic ability. Loved ones die. That's a reality. But what I'm saying and what I'm asking you to consider is that even in the midst of all of those painful pieces of bad news that you will encounter and you will experience in your life, that there is a good news that overcomes it all. And guys, I believe that that's what we're going to tonight. So this is the challenge, because for some of you, hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ, your eyes immediately glaze over. I've heard this one million times. But what if there's more difficult bad news ahead for you in your life? What if there's fresh bad news in your life or in this past year that's really hard? What do we cling to? Where can we go? Friends, I believe God has provided this best good news. So consider that what we're about to read, what we're about to talk about here tonight, next couple days, is the answer, is the solution, and is the place where we can find stability even when it feels like everything around us is falling apart. I'm gonna pray for us we're going to read a few verses in 2 Corinthians 5, and then we're going to read through Isaiah 53. Prepare to hear this good news, the best good news, afresh tonight. Heavenly Father, we just ask and pray for your help. Lord, your word says that our eyes can be blind, yet see. Our ears can be deaf, yet hear. And Lord, our hearts can be hard. We ask, Lord, that even with whatever thoughts or whatever it is that we think we know, that we think we understand, Lord, I pray and ask that you would develop and bring about in each one of us an openness, a willingness to consider. And Holy Spirit, would you, as you do with these words of life, would you pierce our hearts afresh? Allow us to see and allow us to hear the good that you have brought about for us. Lord, in the midst of the hard that we're facing, even right now in our lives, the things that are coming to our mind, I pray that you would help each one of us to hear what it is that you've established for us. Help us, Lord. Thank you for your word. Help us to hear it. We pray and ask these things in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm just going to read 2 Corinthians 5, verses 14, 15, and 21. 14, 15, and 21. Hear this from 2 Corinthians 5. Verse 14, 
Paul says this, for the love of Christ controls us because we have concluded this, that one has died for all and therefore all have died. And he died for all that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. Verse 21. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him, we might become the righteousness of God. This verse 21 is the gospel good news of Jesus Christ. So simply and concisely put. We're going to focus on this tonight. To expound on it, let's turn to Isaiah 53. This chapter in such wonderful language helps us to think about the reality of what our God has done. Isaiah 53. Who has believed what he has heard from us? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he grew up before him like a young plant and like a root out of dry ground. He had no form or majesty that we should look at him and no beauty that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men. A man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised. And we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he, Jesus Christ, was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds, we are healed. All we, like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned every one, all of us, to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth like a lamb that is led to the slaughter and like a sheep that before its shearers is silent. So he opened not his mouth by oppression and judgment. He was taken away. And as for his generation who considered that he was cut off out of the land of the living stricken for the transgression of my people. And they made his grave with the wicked and with a rich man in his death, although he had done no violence and there was no deceit in his mouth. Yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him. He has put him to grief. When his soul makes an offering for guilt, he shall see his offspring. He shall prolong his days. The will of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. 
Out of the anguish of his soul, he shall see and be satisfied. By his knowledge shall the righteous one, my servant, make many to be accounted righteous. And he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore, I will divide him a portion with the many. And he shall divide the spoil with the strong. Because he poured out his soul to death and was numbered with the transgressors, yet he bore the sin of many and makes intercession for the transgressors. We've got three simple points to just be chewing on today. And though they may be simple, they are the most profound. And again, the pieces of the best good news that could ever be and that at that has ever been. Number one, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, Jesus was made to be sin. Jesus was made to be sin. 2 Corinthians 5, 21, for our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin. What is sin? In Isaiah 53, it says, each one of us like sheep have turned our own way. Sin is the rebellion against our God, the taking our own control of our life, choosing how we want to live. There is a standard that God has set in every single one of us immediately fell short. The standard, the prerequisite for being in right relationship with God is perfection. None of us, none of us can do that, could do that. The one who could, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, the one who did live a perfect life. Can you imagine going five minutes without having a thought that you shouldn't have? Can you imagine living a day without <laughs> saying something you shouldn't have said? Can you imagine growing up in a home with siblings without pushing or shoving someone once? All of us, all of us have fallen short. We're the ones who have sin. That's us. And it turns out there's a consequence for sin. There's a paycheck for sin. The wages of sin is death. Separation from God and death. That means that every single one of us, when we were born, we booted up on a path to death. And unless something interjected itself, unless something in a sense switched the tracks like a railroad track, we were bound for death and separation from God. That's not just for the bad people, that's for every single one of us apart from our God. Did you know that? This is the worst bad news and every single one of us were born into it. Without God, no hope. Without God, no solution. But God, Jesus was made to be sin. The one who didn't do it ever took 
on and offers to take on your sin. For our sake, that's for you and I, for our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin. There's an exchange going on. And did you hear how Jesus responded in Isaiah when the sin was placed on his shoulders? What happens when any one of us is accused for something that we didn't do? How do you respond? Whoa, 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 whoa. Are you kidding me? That wasn't me. That was her. That was him. Immediately defensive. When was the last time that that happened for you? It was probably for something small. Like who took my ketchup packet? Who took my ketchup packet? Was it you? No, it wasn't me. Imagine if you were blamed for someone's wrongdoing, like that one troublemaker in your school or that one troublemaker in your family. Imagine if someone just came to you and said, you're in trouble for everything that Billy did this whole last week. What? Are you kidding me? I'm not Billy. I didn't do those things. You're grounded. What? So that's just Billy in one week of things that he did. What would it be like to take on the entire life of wrongdoing that any one of us lived? What if you took on the weight of the sin and all the ways that someone let someone down, all the time someone lied, all the time someone hurt someone, all the time someone thought things that they shouldn't have thought? Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, the one perfectly innocent one, took on the sins of the world. Everybody, you and I, the worst thing that you've done this year, the worst thing that you've done in your life and all of it, including what we haven't even done yet. He took on his shoulders. The one guy truly innocent. How did he respond? The one who is completely justified in being able to say, whoa, 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 I've never done anything wrong in my entire life. He didn't open his mouth. He didn't call anything into question. He took it. Why? Love. Love. Our God loves us. You've heard this verse for our God so loved the world. He gave his only son. Can you imagine this love? Maybe there's someone that you love enough that you would like go clean up after them if they like threw up in the bathroom because they're sick. Maybe there's someone that you love that much that you'd be willing to enter into their mess that they've made because of the love and care for you that you have for them. That is the smallest example of what our God has done for every single one of us. He's entered into the total life mess that we are because of the love that he has. And not only cleaning up a mess, but taking and bearing the consequences of the mess. And that's point number two, Jesus died. Jesus died for all. The wages of sin is death. There has to be a consequence. It is death and he took it. 
Again, the one on his own was life, is life, the source of life, the creator of life. He's the author of it. If there's anyone who deserved life and not death, it was our God perfectly. He gave it up, embraced death as he embraced our sins. Do you see the drama of this exchange? This is someone running into the street as you're standing there, not seeing the bus that's barreling down on you and pushing you out of the way and getting struck and killed themselves. Except it wasn't a bus, it was the wrath of a holy God. And this is where we always need to be prepared to grow in our understanding of an appreciation of the gospel because we've got a holy God has not done anything ever wrong, is pure. And then we have us, sinful, defiled, broken people. We have done things wrong and there's a gap from the immediate get-go, there's a gap. And as we live our lives, even as Christians, we grow in awareness of our sinfulness, our brokenness. We even see more and more the depths of our sin, how messed up we are in our thoughts and our actions. The roots of sin go down so deep. But we also see how holy and amazing our God is in this gap as we see our God only getting more and more holy and ourselves, our understanding of ourselves and our sin only growing deeper and deeper down this gap in our understanding is getting bigger. But what does that mean? It means that the gap that our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ has bridged the bridge of that gap only continues to grow bigger and bigger as we grow in understanding and awareness of how holy our God is, how righteous our God is, and how messed up we are. But that only continues to show us that this cross of Jesus Christ, the one who took on our sin, the one who died in our place to bridge the gap, this gospel good news is the greatest good news and it only becomes more and more great every single day when we sin the next time. Every new sin that each one of us does shows how great this gospel good news is because we get to learn more and more, even one sin at a time, what our God died for and how much love he had for us to die and have his blood cover every single one of those sins. And that leads us to our final point. Jesus was made to be sin, Jesus died for all, and Jesus's righteousness can be ours. That's this great exchange. He says, I'll take on your sin. I'll take on all of your junk. I'll take on your consequence for it. And you get everything I have. Righteousness, a clean slate, purity, relationship with God. The tracks have been changed and now we're on a trajectory of life to life in relationship with God. This can only come about by faith. 
This is us acknowledging that it's our sin that was on Jesus's shoulders. This is us acknowledging that the death that Jesus died is the death that we deserve. And we come to him and we say, God, I can't do anything to help myself in this situation of this worst bad news ever. I am stuck here. We are helpless on our own. Only by faith, only by the grace of God, only through his love so that none of us could boast about anything that we've done. Through faith in proclaiming Jesus Christ, the one who has died, bearing our sin, taking on our death, through faith in proclaiming him as our Lord and Savior, the one who brings about the best good news, can we then receive what he has to offer? His righteousness, this life, And this is the answer to death. Because what did we see? Verse 15, and he died for all that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. This is the proof, this is the stamp, this is the seal that our God has the power over sin and death. He's the one who defeated it himself and he's gonna bring the great defeat of death once and for all. When we said earlier, when I said the death of a loved one, I saw multiple heads droop down. In the next year, I imagine most of us will experience someone close to us dying. That's just the reality of the world that we live in. But that does not mean that death has the final say. Our God and his defeat of death back then when he died and rose again and in that future day when he will do away with death once and for all, he's the one who has the final say. And for any one of us here who have not embraced Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, guys, that death-bound track that you're on, that doesn't need to be the final say in your life. God is saying to you through his son, Jesus Christ, choose life that I've provided for you. Embrace the good news that I'm offering to you. In the midst of that, you need to embrace your sin the reality of your condition. You need to embrace the death track that you are on, but in embracing that and embracing the good news of life that he's offering, he changes the tracks for us and we're bound for life because of him embracing our sin, him embracing our death. This might sound elementary. This might sound basic. Like, didn't I hear this at VBS? Yes, but in, for, in order for us to take any steps forward this week, this is the foundation of the Christian life. Gospel living, self-sacrificial love, laying yourself down for others doesn't make any sense if this isn't the bedrock. This is the foundation from which our lives are to flow. And this is what leads to us being compelled, people who are no longer living for ourselves, instead living for him who died for us. So even if this news sounds familiar, let me ask, is the gospel at work in your life? Is 
the gospel able to be seen in your life? If you can't confidently say yes, if you haven't had people come up to you and say, oh my goodness, you remind me of Jesus when you live or when you speak or when you do this, you might need to reconsider whether or not this good news, best good news has a hold in your life. So that's what this week is. This week is a time to reconsider the best good news and to even inspect ourselves and have conversations with each other. Is this good news having bearing in my life? Is this good news the thing that I am standing upon for all of my security or am I looking elsewhere? Am I looking for friendship? Am I looking for renown? Am I looking for fame? Am I looking for followers? Am I looking for fashion? Am I looking for acceptance, approval? What is it that is your firm foundation? And let me just tell you, anything else apart from the love of our God and this good news that he provides, that foundation will crumble. Whether it's tomorrow or years from now, when you're on your deathbed, that foundation will crumble. This best good news is the firm foundation that will never let you down, even in the midst of whatever bad news comes your way in life. This is all what God has established and he's extending it to you. Do you want life? This is where we're gonna stop tonight because we need to grapple and acknowledge what our God has done, what our God has brought about and where we were in the first place without him. Once again, if this isn't grappled with well, it would be foolish to move on from here. This needs to be our foundations as those who follow and trust Jesus Christ. So maybe for you right now, maybe for some of you, Holy Spirit is making some things click in some ways that never have before. Maybe you're realizing that there is a part of this gospel, good news of Jesus Christ that for whatever reason, not through my words, but through his work in your heart and mind is just clicking. In a moment, I'm going to dismiss you guys. You're going to be able to leave. But I believe that there are some of you that need to stay and just talk with a leader, that need to stay and just pray through something, that need to just stay and even process a piece of bad news that's happened in the last few years. There's snack tonight. There's snack available for everybody, including those who stay here who know who you are and that you need to talk and pray with someone here tonight. Don't let a silly snack be something that Satan uses to lead you away of a conversation that you need to have. So for those of you who need to talk, for those of you who need to pray, and maybe for some, you need to fully receive this good news that you've never had before. Just stay where you're at. After I pray, stay where you're at. For those of you who are taken off, leave quietly after we pray and be prepared to talk about these things together in our tent talks tonight. Let's pray.
Heavenly Father, Lord, we're humbled. Lord, just this reality that on our own, with the sin that we've committed, with the tracks that we're on, Lord, who could stand? We are death bound. But God, we just acknowledge you in the hearing of your word that you, for our sake, was made to be sin even when you knew no sin so that we might become the righteousness of God. Lord, that is this great exchange, this great, unbelievable self-sacrifice. You embracing the death as the consequence of our sin so that we might experience the life and the righteousness that you accomplished alone. So Lord, I pray and ask that for anyone here who has not embraced and is confident that that life, Jesus, that you've secured for them is theirs, I pray and ask, Holy Spirit, that you would not even allow them to stand up to walk away, but that they would sit and talk and pray with someone else. And Lord, for any other student who's just feeling the weight of something, needs to talk, needs to pray, I just pray that you would give them the courage to just stay put. And Lord, would you just continue to use this week as we continue to go to your word, as we continue to see and dwell and remember what it is that you've done for us. Lord, I pray that it would change and impact how we live now. That we would view the life that we have now, the breath that we have now, the beating hearts that we have now, and that we would acknowledge your kindness, your love, your grace in the midst of it all. So Lord, help us pierce our hard hearts, help us to see, help us to hear that you're the one who's defeated death and provided life. We thank you, Lord. And we just pray and ask all these things in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen.